A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. Swift, 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 Swift. Ish. What just happened? Welcome back to Swifters Podcast, you guys. This is a podcast where, you guess it, we talk about Taylor Swift. And most of the time, only Taylor Swift. I am Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And I, like we said, lost track of what the episode is. But (laughs) surprisingly, there's there's not a lot of stuff going on right now. I know. Um... Everyone thought today would be the day that Taylor did something because Mm -hmm. of some numerological clue people. I don't remember. Something in the red. Oh, the clue about your next next clue clue will be at red. The spot where you hear red. (laughs) And today, you guys, we are recording on Friday the 13th. It's so far so good. We have nothing bad to happen to us. (laughs) All the rumors are fake. You know. The numbers do not line up to 13, Mm-mm. even though it has been how many years since We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together came out? Um, uh, nine. It's been nine years. It's anniversary. It it didn't work. Sorry, yeah. y'all. Nothing. I know. I was sort of a believer, but then I'm just like, the more I think about that clue, the more I'm like, what did she even mean by that? I, I really don't know. Spotify. A lot of people <laughs> thought maybe Spotify because spot. Next clue will be where you hear red. Yeah, maybe it was just um, the email that Taylor Nation sent out to solve the the yeah, word pre-save. scrambles. Yeah, to pre-save red and then yeah. led people. Oh, I'm just. I think. Like- yeah, I think the <laughs> I think the takeaway at this point is that Taylor is trying to redirect us, and she's explicitly telling us when there is something to look out for. So if mm-hmm. she's not mentioning numbers, don't think about numbers. No, no. <laughs> if she's not sending you a word scramble to your inbox, don't look in between the lines of anything else she's doing. <laughs> it made sense though, the whole I mean, I I, I got it. The whole yeah, like yeah, yeah. let's do August thirteenth. The numbers yeah. matched up and it was August thirteenth and we are never ever I getting know. back together. But, yeah, and it's weird that mm, if she wasn't going to do something on the day that she announced Red OG, yeah. then why didn't she just hold out on releasing the Red Taylor's version track list on yeah. today in honor of that? You that know? would have been so much better. Yeah. Like, why? What? Oh, you maybe maybe she didn't want to step on um, on Lizzo's crown. Oh, yeah. Today, (laughs) Lizzo and Cardi B's rumor is dropped, which I haven't listened to it, but I want to. Oh, it's a bop. I've been been bopping along to (laughs) scheduling a million interviews, but just a little like piece I got, I was like, yes, I am excited for it. So maybe she just, I don't know. I don't think it would really would have rained on their parade, but. Yeah, no, it's a. it, 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 I, who knows what goes through her head? You know, that's oh. basically what we're learning is that um, I don't know. She, she likes <laughs> to mess with us. That's for sure. It's just I've just gotten to a point where I'm just too old and too exhausted <laughs> and too, I guess, um, it, distracted from my work yeah, yeah. to yeah. really put a lot of thought behind it like I once was able to. But I enjoy it. I like it. I know. I'm trying to track if there's anything else this week that happened because I usually take screenshots. I mean, I guess the only thing that really happened was the VMAs. They announced their like who's who's up for different stuff. Taylor, she 
she is nominated for Artist of the Year, Best Pop for Willow, which I just don't think that Willow's going to win Best Pop. <laughs> it's a good song, but it's up against like more popular songs out there. And yeah. then she's also up for Best Art Direction in Willow, which I think would be really cool, especially since Willow was – wasn't it – was it only – sorry, my dog is like eating something. Pabu, leave it. Um, wasn't wasn't it recorded just like on one camera for one cameraman? Was that Willow? Uh, I don't I don't know about Willow. I no, know Cardigan wasn't. was all it was Cardigan alone, but, like social distanced by herself type thing. But I liked the I liked the Willow music video. It was pretty and then pretty quirky, um, pretty quirky. <laughs> but I was also one thing I was surprised was that she wasn't nominated for any of like the best alternative songs because mm. this is like her most alternative album and she got some some play on those alternative stations. Right. So I was a little shocked at that. But other than I guess that what happened, singles did she do for Evermore? Willow, just Willow, maybe just Willow because maybe that's part of it. Yeah. I don't know the rules. Yeah. But I think they might have to be singles. And she or she'd have to submit them. Yeah. And like she she didn't push Evermore as hard on us as she did folklore. Yeah. So it's just kind of like maybe it just has a lot to do with her marketing behind it too. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I'm trying to think. She really only had the one single. I don't know. She me was just like Google okay. <laughs> Evermore. Taylor I mean, yeah, it's the only Swift singles. Only music video. Mm. Maybe she pushed. She could have pushed others and like released them to the radio. But off the top of my head, I am like yeah. blanking hard right now. Yeah. If you go to Taylor Swift Wiki Evermore fandom, maybe that will <laughs> tell me what singles there were. I don't know if you guys know if if we're missing something. I think it's just <laughs> like, it was a year. Exile. It was it was a year of a lot of stuff just being thrown at us, you know. Yeah. And so I always get so. <laughs> mixed up with like evermore folklore hence folklore like it's just a lot and because their sister it's all basically the same yeah it's all basically the same it's all okay and the only other thing that i thought i wanted to talk about and i mean it's not big enough for tea because it's just was funny and i it really kind of reminded me of our uh, our feet episode because it's about yeah. the same person. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but no. the person who is that professional Taylor Swift look like the one who like I always get ads on for Facebook to, you know, send someone a happy birthday message from a Taylor Swift look like. I always get those ads. I happen to be on Twitter, which you guys, I rose from the dead and I was just scrolling on Twitter because I I had like a minute at midnight where I couldn't sleep. Did you hear that? I thought you just touched your mic. I don't know. No, that was thunder. That was <gasps> oh wow. I sorry. We don't sorry. have rain down here. Friday the thirteenth. It's like spooky. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, so I apparently on her TikTok, she because a lot of people like I guess she got to up, up to like three million people looking at some of her TikToks. So like she's a pretty big deal over on TikToky people. I think it's it's not Taylor Swift 13's or TikTok handle. I only know that because I went to go look at this video everyone was talking about. Okay. So we all know I know your like anticipation, right? You're right yeah. At, at the edge <laughs> of your seat. So everyone knows that when you meet Taylor Swift, you there you go again, you guys. 
the gods. The Actually, I gotta know what the video is. <laughs> okay, I mean it's it's not that big. So she's talking like on. I don't remember exactly what it was, but she she she. It was basically the point of like Taylor's like when when you're meeting Taylor Swift is actually set on the calendar or something like that. Like it was on the calendar. She knew the date she was going to meet Taylor Swift and she kind of like flipped to a calendar, but didn't really like focus in on it. And everyone was like, wait, um, that's supposed to be, you know, like secret. Like, and people were tagging Taylor nation. People were talking to Taylor nation about it. And then she started blocking people who were commenting on these things. And then she started taking screenshots of people on Twitter who were like, what the heck is going on? And made like a TikTok about how people are bullying her, how Taylor Swift wouldn't like it. And then a lot of people, if you read through the comments, were like, well, maybe it's more of a professional meeting and not like a fan meeting. And maybe I was just like, served. <laughs> maybe she just wants some clickbait. Like maybe she's. Yeah, she maybe she's manifesting, you know, yeah. maybe she's she's putting it into the universe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hoping but, it'll happen. But there was like a thread of like I uh, at least a hundred people like commenting on her TikTok and people are commenting on that tweet that people are like, why did she block me? I just asked her if like, this is true. Maybe so it was- it's another Taylor lookalike conning her into thinking they're meeting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It'll just be that Spider-Man meme when they finally see each other. They'll be like, ah. <laughs> that would be funny. So that was like, I guess that's the only thing because I was really pulling at like, like the strings of, yeah. of, of like Taylor stuff. I'm like, hey, this is it. And then there, I guess there was also she, um, like Simone Biles, she Oh yeah, she did Simone. another like voiceover. Yeah. She did another voiceover. And then Olivia Rodrigo just recently had said that Taylor Swift, a.k.a. the music industry, welcomed her into the music industry. And then she was also talking about how, like, people like Selena Gomez talked to Olivia Rodrigo and, like, gave her advice. So females helping females out. So there was, like, I think a lot of the – a lot of the news, they were just reaching for anything to write about Taylor Swift. Like the VMA <laughs> article that I read had Taylor Swift's face on it for the VMAs, but she wasn't nominated for like <laughs> anything huge. Nomination. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. I mean, the other news is Lord's album is coming out and um, she did a a piece about it and her work with Jack Antonoff. Yeah. She doesn't talk about Taylor Swift. They're not friends anymore. I don't know what happened exactly. Um, the last I heard was that she made that joke in 2016 that being friends with Taylor was like being friends with someone with lupus. <laughs> oh, it doesn't. Which I thought was basically just a joke. But I don't know why that would be enough for Taylor to be like, you're dead to me. I also don't understand how that's a joke. Oh, because she couldn't go out in public with her. And it's like everything you want to do is harder because it's like. It's an insensitive oh, joke, right? Like doesn't Selena have lupus? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, maybe. But also, like, people have said stuff, stupid stuff to the media. That's not the worst. Yeah. Maybe that just, right. like, unraveled a lot of stuff that we just <laughs> haven't seen behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Who knows what's going on with Lord? But I guess uh, we'll have to see how the album goes. Mm-hmm. But um, the interesting through line with Jack Antonoff is that a lot of people, especially now that it's like cool to make fun of Jack Antonoff's music all sounding the same, is um, Lord sort of <laughs> made a comment that was like, I told Jack Antonoff this isn't a Jack Antonoff album, it's a Lord album. And like I had very specific <laughs> ideas of what I wanted. And 
it's like when two people are designing a house, like you might have a friend who's really into like this weird stuff and you're like, well, we'll keep that to one room, but most of the other rooms are designed by me type thing. Oh, like there's one so, track that yeah. screams and <laughs> yeah. off, but come on, like this is my yeah. album. Have you listened so to So I'm album? curious to hear it. I, it oh. I think it comes out like the, I guess I don't know when, maybe it did come out today or maybe it's next weekend. Hmm. I don't hmm. know. Have you, any of your singles? Have you, Just the you solar power. Um, yeah, I listened to it. It's kind of different, kind of weird, but not like Jack in Antino? the usual Lord way. No, it's, it's definitely like... One. Question, is the usual Lord way Jack Antonoff? And now <sighs> she's kind of like, no, <laughs> I want this to be my own. I would say Lord, you know, um, Royals, like her first album is Love very Royals. unique yeah. and it's kind of like darker and weirder. Mm-hmm. And then I think people with pure heroin... Or, yeah, that's her second album with, like, green light and stuff on it. Definitely has more of that, like, 1989, like, synth pop vibes you get from a lot of Jack tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack tracks. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just came out with that. <laughs> but, no, I, I'm curious to see how her album goes. It yeah. sounds like she's venturing into more upbeat or, like, sort of light and sunny tracks than maybe her past mm-hmm. albums have had. Um, so we'll have to hear how that yeah. goes, but yeah, I know a lot of these are Lord fans. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm here for women supporting women. Let's, yeah. just, <laughs> let's just be happy. It's so funny because, because they haven't been seen out in public, I'm sure, or haven't supported each other publicly. Everyone's like, oh, they're not friends, but maybe they're like, yeah. I mean, I have yeah. a few qu- friends who I'm friends with, but we've just grown apart mm-hmm. and like, we'll text each other, but we're not like all over social media, hanging out all the time. Yeah. But we're friends. It's just life yeah. circumstances don't put us together anymore. Yeah, like you and me. We yeah. haven't seen each other in person in like two years. <laughs> Are you still alive? I don't know. Yeah. We'll have it's to get bad. together. I mean, I know. Delta but, variant now, so. Ugh. I mean, I found a really good vegan restaurant, so. Oh, yeah? Which one? Um, it's like Andal's. I think I sent you. It was a food truck, but now oh, they have yeah, yeah, yeah. they have an actual location. Oh, it it's perfect. so good, you guys. If you are in Houston and eat, if, even if you're not a vegan, I'm not a vegan. It's great, yeah. But I was at a an outdoor beer garden and there was this vegan taco truck, and I had this two. It was like a barbacoa. Mm, obviously mm, not barbacoa mm, on yeah. a potato taco and it was so oh, yummy good oh my gosh so i've been meaning Same, to go yeah. back it's like andul's vegan if you look them up on instagram it, it's just really good i like Perfect. it you can even go without me and let me know if you like <laughs> it i mean i won't be offended i just was like okay, okay. hey shelby yeah <laughs> i think i'm cool because i found this really cool place yes they have like horchata that like oh. yeah it's vegan horchata everything's vegan and i'm just like thrown off because it's all so good and a lot of people like throw veganism on out you know under the truck but nah Mm-mm. especially when it comes to it's mexican good. food yeah 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 it's yeah. tough but there's some good options out there especially with yeah there are anyways <laughs> hold on hold on did you hear that um <laughs> that pizza hut now has um beyond meat pepperoni on their pizza yes i and then, i did but but then I was like, my friend who's vegan, I was like, but do they have vegan cheese? Like, why are they promoting this vegan pepperoni if the cheese isn't vegan? Well, sometimes they're vegetarian, you know. Yeah. So I could eat it as a vegetarian. I could eat the pepperoni pizza. 
I know, but they said vegan. It was like a it was like a vegan mag- magazine that wrote about it. Mm, interesting. I was like, yeah, okay, you guys. <laughs> Come on. You're like I am not satisfied until there's vegan cheese options at yes. Pizza Hut. Thank no. you for Sorry. standing up for the. <laughs> You're welcome. There's there's a happiness bef- um, yeah. during vegan pizza, like vegetarian pizza. And there's happiness after. Oh. Yeah. No, I'm excited for this episode. Um, but before we get into it. I've neglected to um, loop you in on our SpawnCon content (laughs) all of in June, Um, nail art extravaganza. How has that been going for you, Ashley, checking in? How do you feel about all of in June? So I have been shaping my nails a little bit more because of the Nick Mill filer. And I I try and – I have been working on on my nails, (laughs) but currently – they're, you know why they're yeah, so blank right now? Too. They're so blank because even though the canvas isn't like perfect, I can just easily dip it into their easy <laughs> nail polish remover and just like take it off. Like it's so easy to paint your nails and learn how because they also yeah. make it easier to fix what you've messed up. So you are oh, constantly yeah. learning. The colors are beautiful. It comes in a cute little like pink box. It's just everything about it's beautiful. Different seasons, yeah. different styles. I love it. I know I've been having um, problems not painting my nails. Um, they're peeled off now because it's been over a week. But I have started doing nail art with sharpies, which doesn't oh. work very well. But I <laughs> it stops we need the boredom. Photo of this. I want to see nail art with sharpies. I know. I know. It's a it's a learning curve for sure. I'm by no means a nail artist, but yeah. what I like about Olive and June is that it makes it easy for you to play with your nail technique. Like you said, it's easy to paint because they have their patented poppy handle, which allows you to have a steady hand on both your dominant and non-dominant hand. I, need, I cannot yeah. paint my left hand, but I can paint it better with that. Yes, that's mm-hmm. all we can mm-hmm. hope for. And they have a sort of a extra brush in there to help clean up. Um, and all the colors, you know, each kit comes with six colors of your choosing or the sets they offer. So I've been able to have uh, a lot of different options, which mm-hmm. helps my pass the time as we're facing another sort of <laughs> quarantine era. Yeah. <laughs> another lockdown just means more time for me and my nails to get acquainted. So yeah, I'm here that. for it. Olive and June has been a huge boon um, through this COVID situation. Um, also, now as I've been going out more, I have cute nails um, to show yeah. off with my friends and everyone else. Wow, who did your nails? And I get to say me <laughs> with the help of Olive and June's Knit Manny kit. So <laughs> if you're interested in trying them out, you can go to oliveandjune.com. Use the code SWIFTISH at checkout for 20% off your first Manny set. And uh, like Ashley said, it comes with everything you could possibly need. So mm-hmm. you won't be disappointed with it. Um, pick your colors. Show us what you do uh, because it's time to... Uh, treat yourself <laughs> treat yourself and I do have to tell you, so you you this is totally off topic but you brought up sharpies and nail art uh, yes. one thing that l- little 11 year old Ashley probably regrets nothing even happened but I once upon a time have used a sharpie as eyeliner okay I also used I like didn't even like remember that I also use those little gel pins you know those little jelly pins yeah as eyeliner too, and my dad thought I was stupid. I'd like, did it go on? Dad. Yeah, it went on. It was wow. like those little gel pins. It went on, and my dad thought I was ridiculous. He's like, "You're gonna poke your eye out." So <laughs> things not to do. Yeah, no. To do. Taylor Swift did that like I early forgot. era. So you and her, 
Yeah, I know she mentioned it now, but twins from their dreams. Yeah, like maybe maybe it was Taylor. I'm forgetting, but I know because my dad like got really mad at me because I was doing yeah because I wasn't supposed to be wearing makeup yet. I think I was 11. <laughs> and I was like, it's not makeup. It's eyeliner. Yeah, it's you Sharpie. showed him. Yeah. And then he made me take it off. I hope and it, it wouldn't good. come off because it's Sharpie. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I'm excited for this week. Um, this has been a song I've been waiting. I've been just waiting to cover. I'm yeah. really stoked about. Um, we get to talk about happiness, which is mm-hmm. off of Evermore, of course. Um, if she had released this as a single, I have no doubt it would be nominated for everything across the board because I think it's one of her most flawless songs. And that's just like my opinion right off the bat (laughs) it's really good i really like it and there's a lot of like theories behind it so i love that even more i love when you have a little (laughs) personal tie to a taylor swift song nowadays because that's hard to come by yeah that's so funny because this is one where i'm like i don't even care about the backstory i think this is just one of the most beautifully written songs Mm -hmm. and um i mean the thing about happiness that people know is um it was the last song that she wrote for Evermore. She said, she and Aaron Dessner both said that it was written, it was finished just a week before the release. It was the last song she wrote along with Right Where You Left Me, I think is the other one. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said about it that it's the realization that maybe the only path to healing is to wish happiness on the one who took it away from you. <laughs> oh. So sad. Um yeah. During the live stream leading up to the album release, she warned her fans that the song title was very deceptive. So I think right off the bat, people knew that maybe there was more to this track than just a feel good, sunny sunshine type of (laughs) vibe. I'm surprised it's not a track five because uh this screams track five on so many different levels. I forget which was Evermore's track five. And I mean, tolerate it. (laughs) No, 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 no. I know. Switch I switch them. Yes, I yeah. <laughs> on my other my PSU wrong <clears throat> Patreon podcast. I did an episode about my unpopular opinions, and one of my most unpopular opinions is that tolerate it should not have been a track five. I don't care. It's like sad, whatever. But I have no feelings about it. No. Happiness deserved that spot, and that's the yeah. I'll die on. I think it's one of die the. On it. It's just like, oh, I really just admire the the thing she was able to accomplish on this track and I think it speaks to its greatness that it's the only one that comes close to unseating all too well for me like mm-hmm. I think- well a lot of people are calling this all too well's older sister because it's yeah. coming from like a more mature mm-hmm. of course a 31 year old's mind point so a lot of people have been doing the same thing they've been yeah tying together so it's interesting that you say that Yeah, I think it's an inevitable um, comparison to draw because, you know, it's it's a longer track. It's a wordier track. Mm -hmm. Very Um, wordy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's about a relationship that she didn't see ending, ending it and dealing with the aftermath of that. Um, I think all too well to me reads a lot more personal and literal in the Mm -hmm. Jack Gyllenhaal, Jake Gyllenhaal comparisons and whatnot. Um, But I think happiness is all too well but almost stronger like i think yeah. when you, i when i think about it stronger isn't that yeah, <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> it's like <laughs> i'm like i am an all too well stan across yeah. the board yeah. um it's really hard to convince me that there's a better song taylor's 
written that fits every parameter because yes, I think she has some lyrically stronger, stronger songs. Maybe she has some more emotive and musically songs, but all too well, just knew the assignment and completed it a hundred percent. A plus. This is the first track where I'm like, Oh wait, maybe, (sighs) maybe she's finally beat herself. (laughs) It's making you question yourself. Okay. Yeah. When, when do you think you'll like, are you still flip flopping on this? Or are you kind of like, I mean, I've had all too well for what? eight years I have yeah. to like allow some space to really see if evermore okay. if if happiness can like stand the test of time I will say all too well people are like oh my gosh sob story like yes I cry every time I've never cried in a Taylor Swift song mm-hmm. until I was one day like re-listening to happiness in my car and I was like just really listening to the lyrics and I just started like tearing up and I was like Aww. oh my gosh <laughs> I can't believe this is happening I think in some ways that's because of the generality to the story she's telling yeah. and the way it's easy to kind of put yourself in there because it's mm-hmm. not necessarily like you know like little details like baseball team glasses refrigerator Scar. whatever fall yeah, yeah. yeah. it's and a I lot like more open the details in this too you can definitely tell that it's coming from a mature, more mature relationship or a longer relationship because all too well definitely like you can just you can even just tell off of her relationship it was a really short relationship with ship mm-hmm. two months with jake here it's like you can tell that like this person had made this a life with somebody married not yeah. married but all these details that she gives you just really like puts like the the beddings down i don't know what's called the rock stone what what's that word you're good at words foundation yeah 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 foundation (laughs) to like really give you those tear jerking moments and I think a lot of at least for me a lot of my friends were in unfortunately situations in their lives where they were going through something like this a relationship where they like everything was intertwined they let them Mm. into these dark spaces that they never let anybody else in Mm. and unfortunately when this dropped I had a few friends who were going through divorces or separations or like breakups and it was just like I just hit home differently for them like yeah like all too well red was their go-to album but this one was like oh gosh like yeah this is exactly like she's reading my soul Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I had my mixed feelings about Evermore as an album, but this was always one that stood out to me. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely one that I've just like become more and more obsessed with the more I listen to it. And it's one that, you know, it was never a single, but it charted on the Billboard Hot 100 at um, number 52, mm-hmm. which obviously isn't like top, but that was with no promotion and yeah. with 16 other tracks to compete with. Yeah. And it's one of the it's one of the Evermore tracks that got that high, um, one of the few tracks. And so I think it did resonate with a lot of people. Um, Rolling Stone wrote about it saying, like, no doubt Swift is still the master of writing a spiteful kiss off, but a song like Happiness is a welcome step in a more mature direction. And so um, Evermore, you know, there's a lot of talk about the the way she examined different relationships than her own reality mm-hmm. and how she proved that she's like a pretty good writer in, even if it's not a <laughs> personal <good>. story. <laughs> yeah. And I think this song really typifies that where it's like, yeah, this stands out as one of the most devastating 
songs, not only in Evermore, but in her entire discography. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. One thing that like people have been throwing out, and because I was, you know, when I first was listened to Tolerate It, when I first listened to Happiness, you know, a lot of well, I I was wondering like because she had said with folklore she had written from her mm-hmm. friends' perspectives, from like strangers' perspectives, how she thought maybe things would turn out and like one of the first things I did was I went to Abigail's Instagram account Mm. and there was nothing of her wedding nothing of her and her husband and I hadn't I didn't know how long that had been but I found it to be strange and I was just like oh like kind of like devastated for her because this was like the love of her life and she erased yeah. him from her social media and I think he also did, like unfollowed Taylor and unfollowed Abby and erased everything and and then yeah. a lot of, so I was like oh it might be about Abby and, you know there are a few things that kind of like maybe give it away like seven years people are speculating that they were together seven years and that's when you know they broke yeah. up but then a lot of people are saying like Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber because they're on and off again for seven years and then Jamie King just went through a really bad divorce too and so I don't necessarily think that maybe it's about one specific relationship but she's watched her friends go through these things and these heartbreaks and especially Jamie and Abigail who have like Mm -hmm. built their life so entwined with another person that it just how could you not feel what they feel because you're they're your best friend you're like going Mm -hmm. with them every step of the way but yeah no I think there's some like provocative lyrics in there that could Mm -hmm. show how she's pulling from personal life but in general, I don't feel like this is telling a like specific story. Yes, exactly. Yep. And I think that that speaks to Taylor's talent mm-hmm. and that she could be inspired by something specific, but then make something that feels so much bigger I mean, than that or separate from it. Some people are saying that this is about Big Machine because yeah. she left them um, yeah. going into her seventh album. And I was like, mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we love a good tie in, a good Easter egg. And I think there is room to read it like that, find value in that. Maybe it was intentional. Maybe it was, you know, a sleeper thought she didn't realize she had. But I feel like what's so compelling about this song is that it doesn't make me think of Taylor Swift's superstar. Like it's not mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's not like any track on Reputation or Love or where I'm distracted by all the things I know about Taylor Swift it's not and a her jack wealth track. and privilege. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels like it's just a beautiful song. Yeah. <laughs> and I think um everything everything works together to make it like something that is elevated beyond yeah. a lot of other things she does, which other things she does are also great. Like that just mm-hmm. means that this song is even greater. IMHO. <laughs> Do you think that maybe one of the reasons why like she's such a great art, like writer aside from the fact that she's creative and she's talented and she just has this natural gift is maybe the fact that she is such an empath. Like she has so much empathy mm. for people because when you talk to anybody, I was just reading an article today. I think like Todrick was writing about how she cares so much for her backup dancers and her dancers. And she's always like reaching out to them and you see all these care packages she sends handwritten notes. She sends how much she's invested yeah. in like her friend's life. Do you think that, 
that helps her really channel in on these emotions that maybe she's not feeling, but because she cares so much about people, she really like empathizes with people and can like kind of put herself in that situation. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I think I she's... cannot write like this, and I'm yeah. <laughs> like when someone tells me something sad that's happened, I'm like, oh, like I feel for them, and I, but I don't know what to say. I don't know how yeah. to come. I get awkward in like weird situations, and I'm just not perfect in those. And I, yeah, I don't know how to write a sympathy card. I'm always like, hey, what would Google do? You know? And then Taylor is just, yeah. yeah. I feel like she's a empath. Empath. Yeah, yeah. empath. Yeah. Empath. I mean, definitely. I think especially as someone who is a writer who has that creative side of their brain so mm-hmm. activated you're constantly consuming stories and art and different perspectives than your own and so you build up this sort of armory of understanding and i think taylor has you know been in this game for so long at this yeah. point and so it's almost like second nature the way she can just fold herself into someone else's perspective and and bring a whole a whole new art to it. So I'm okay. obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed too. Let's get into it. So this is Happiness on Evermore, track seven. Should have been a track five, verse <laughs> one. Honey, when I'm above the trees, I see this for what it is. But now I'm right down in it, all the years I have given. Is this shit we're dividing up showed you all, um, is this shit we're dividing up showed you all my hiding space? I was dancing when the music stopped and in the disbelief, I can't face reinvention. I haven't met the new me yet. Yeah, I think this is at first you have this really long intro where it's just this organ, like a very churchy vibe. There's a solemnity to it where you're you're kind of just like, it just reminds me of being in like some church or cathedral and just like mm-hmm. taking a moment to gather your thoughts and to feel present and to, and to wonder about life at large, like mm-hmm. big capital L stuff. And so when it starts, you're not quite sure where it'll go, but she, she brings us right in with this first breath. Like you can tangibly hear her take her breath, which you don't always hear at the start of songs because they just like start the song, but she intentionally like takes a deep breath as if she's readying herself for this confession almost where it's intimate in its closeness. And mm-hmm. I think that immediately puts us in a headspace to feel her, feel all those feelings, her, her competing feelings, her, um, her head, it's all over the place almost. But I like that she starts with this image of when I'm above the trees, I see it for what it is. Like when I have distance, I can tell like this is for the best or, I can see why we're here or whatever it is. But then she's like, no, I'm right down in it. And I think that image itself is so blistering. Like it's, it's very much reminiscent of like the battleground, like being in the trenches, Mm -hmm. like you're lost to this, to this war in your own mind. And then you get this image of, oh, all these years I've given is just this shit we're dividing up. Like I, thought we had built a life a, a world together and it was made of memories and complicated feelings and intangible ideas of like who we were to each other but now suddenly it's just turned into something so material materialistic as things yeah. were just worth taking claim of yeah yeah I like how she kind of like she puts you in the spot where she says I was dancing when the music stopped 
and she like that just put you like she had no idea that this yeah. relationship was going down. She thought that they were on the same page. They were going off into the sunset with each other and all of a sudden like, you know, the brutal heartbreak is when you realize this person doesn't love you anymore. This person wants out. They're they're making the decision that all these memories for the past years are now is now just shit. It's, yeah. You know, it it's sad and it's you know, she's like I, I when she says I can't face reinvention anymore, it kind of puts me into the mindset of like when you, you know a lot of people when they think of you when they think of me, you know they're like oh let's invite Lance and Ashley over, let's invite Shelby and mm. Rob over. It's like you become a couple and you guys are kind of like a like a a set deal. You guys two yeah. for one. You, you everything you do, your identity is within each other. Like yes, we're we we we're female we can we have our own thoughts our own identities we do our own work but you know when you're in a couple you're together and yeah you make sacrifices for each other and then you have to start over like a lot of people i can't they, like there's i can't remember what song it is but like I, she sings how she doesn't know what she is without him i forget yeah. what song that is and it just puts me in that spot right now because she has to like reinvent herself, find out who she really is because she hasn't met her new self yet. Because yes. you hear so many people who are married for such a long time get divorced and they're like, I don't even know who I am. Did I even like that? Or was that because mm. he liked it? I just was like, oh, yeah, it's great. That's great. Ugh. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I no. feel like it's <laughs> it's just like it's sad to be put in this vulnerable spot where it's like like when she sings showed you all of my hiding spots yeah. it's almost like oh like I feel really vulnerable right now because yeah. I trusted you and I let you know everything about me and now I'm just supposed to let you walk out into the world with that knowledge mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like that that sense of disbelief is just compounded by this like wait what exactly am I losing and like what do I have to build now that you're gone and I think that's sort of this like message of I haven't met the new me yet really speaks to how this isn't your usual like bitter breakup or divorce track. Like this isn't, this is a verse already rich with details and emotion of like the hurt of what was lost and, and the, the threat of something that soured that she didn't know quite why. And this like act of finding hope. And it's so nostalgic and kind of like anxious, but different from other breakup tracks. There's no laying blame yet. There's no mm -hmm. like, look at what you did to me, you little jerk. It's much more like she's contemplating not the bad, but the good. And I think that that's kind of what makes it feel, like you said, a more mature angle on All Too Well, because All Too Well is like still in that trauma. And it's mm -hmm. like you feel the rawness and the sort of evisceration of the man who did this to her. But here she's like, oh, like the music, this, the way she sings, the way she's sort of breathlessly talking through it, it doesn't feel like she's necessarily gearing up to rip apart this man. It's more that she's stunned that she lost something that was good. And now she has to figure out if there's anything good after it. Mm -hmm. And then one thing she does too, before going to the chorus is like, you know how she opens it with honey when I'm above the trees, I see for what it is. And then 
But right now I'm down in it. And throughout the song, you see her within each verse really get into it and ask her these, these questions of what went wrong, what happened, the smile, we're dividing our shit up, like, and so on and so forth. But then within the chorus, she kind of brings herself above the trees and mm. she's like, there will be happiness after you, but there will be happiness because of you. Both of these things can be true. There is happiness. So mm. she kind of like comes out of it and then goes back into it and just reminds yeah. herself like, okay, it's okay for me to feel like this and to be really like raw and emotional, but I have to remember that like life goes on after this. Like I need to pick myself up and move forward because there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Like are we out of the woods yet? Are we out of the woods yet? Are she gets the out of the yet? woods here. <laughs> Say it one I know. More I think Say it's one like, more time. <laughs> yeah, there's like this parallel between I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it. And sort of that, like, Mm -hmm. you took this from me. And then this ownership where it's like, I just haven't met the new me yet. Like, I know I will. I know I'll be able to, like, take a deep breath and see past this, like, fort. I'll I'll be able to see the trees through the forest type thing. Mm -hmm. But right now, I'm just a little concerned with how I'm feeling. But there isn't, like, that same sort of, I don't know, hopelessness. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of hope in this song. Yeah, which is interesting because even like the melody, like when when she said happiness is, you know, it's a tricky song. It's not what you think it is. When you first start listening to it, you're like, oh, this is like the intro. This is happy. And then it kind of gets into like, yeah, I'm happy. Okay. Yeah. So let me get into some more of the dirty grit in the post chorus. Pass the bread, bread, pass the blood and bruise. I'm at church right now. Pass the blood and bruise, pass the. Cr- the curses and cries beyond the terror and the nightfall haunted by the look in my eyes that would have loved you for a long time. So, okay. Haunted by the look in my eyes that would have loved you for a lifetime. Leave it all behind. And there is a happiness. I love it. I really think. Oh, Oh, I was just saying, she's like throwing out all these things that really like are terrible about this relationship and this, not the relationship, but the breakup. And she's like, but Oh, Zen, I'm going to go meditate because it's going to be better. It's going to be better. I, know. I think it's like a brilliant laying out of of these stages of grief. Like you have the you have the anger of this, the past the blood and bruise. You have the bargaining with the curses and the crying. And you have this depression of this terror in the nightfall and this denial of like, I would have. I would have loved you forever. Like that's going to haunt me forever. But then there's suddenly this acceptance where she's like, huh. just leave it all behind. Like there is happiness. And I think it's like, it's important that this verse, this verse comes, this chorus, I mean, post-chorus comes like from, it's a continuation of the line before it. So Mm -hmm. there is happiness past the blood and bruise, past this hurt, past this grief, past all this stuff that we're currently in the thick of. And it, and it starts to read like this mantra that she's telling herself, like, I just, I have to get through this. And I know that there is happiness after this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot to read there is happiness. Cause I went from like my, whatever I was talking oh, yeah. about into the chorus. And then it just makes more <laughs> sense once you read it into the post chorus. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm reading too, cause there's line by line, I'm like haunted by the look in my eyes. I would have loved you for a lifetime. I'm like, Oh, that needs to go together because it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful and just <laughs> so tragic too. Yeah. It's like leaving I'm, all these yeah. things behind. What I like too, though, I like though too is in this post chorus, like there's all these toxic things that she talks about leaving behind too. Like it's not just, 
you know, this love and this purity and this like life they built together. It's also a lot of bad stuff that she, they, they both were probably overlooking. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to be happiness. So, yeah. And I think she also does something interesting with the music yeah. here where all before it was just like sort of this fadeaway organ and sort of these soft instrumentals. But then at the end of this, like right around, I would have loved you for a lifetime. There's suddenly a piano that steps in and it's sort of these high notes that are plunking along. And so it becomes like much more active and um, it almost feels like she's, she's finding her strength to kind of pick herself up out Mm -hmm. of this, like, shadowed worried confessional past and just be like leave it all behind like there's happiness and the song gets stronger as she gets stronger Mm -hmm. and then she goes into a little bit more she goes into the trees right here with verse two (laughs) tell me when did your winning smile begin to look like a smirk when did all of our lessons start to look like weapons pointed at my deepest hurt i hope she'll be a beautiful fool who takes a spot next to you no, I didn't mean that. Sorry. I can't see facts through all my fury. You haven't met the new me yet. I'm, like, I'm already like teary eyed. I just love it so much. I love how she kind of like really like digs in deep and like does give us that cattiness that she's built a career off of and like a lot of her earlier breakup albums. But then she's like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. I didn't mean that. Like, sorry. Like she apologized. She's like, I just... I can't see through the woods right now. I can't do yeah. it. And she even admits like, you haven't met the new me yet. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I'll be better. <laughs> yeah. I like it that she's like, tell me. She's like, she's like daring him to explain it. She's like, mm-hmm. how did this happen? Like, why are we here now? And it's almost like putting it on him mm-hmm. and um, making it seem like it was his choice. And she's clinging to that and like demanding some sort of explanation. But it also reminded me of that scene in, 500 days of summer where there's like a montage yeah there's like a montage at the beginning of all her all of these quirks that he loves Mm -hmm. and then when they break up there's the same montage but suddenly there are things he hates Mm -hmm. and I think that's just like such a realistic thing where where you have to like go on this defensive to protect your own feelings where you're like I used to I used to love your smile and now it just feels like a smirk and your teeth are too crooked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just think the way she sings this can't, like, it feels so defensive, but it doesn't feel real. Like, she's quiver, she's, her voice is quivering. Like, she can't, she's almost talking rather than singing. And it feels like she's just rushing to find something to blame, like a fight to start to make her feel better. And so that's what's so mm-hmm. meaningful when she's like, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Sorry. And, And I think that's the maturity right there is that she's able to distance herself from wanting to just point fingers, be mad and get over him that way. And instead she's like, wait, that's not what I want to be. I also think this, um, this like, I hope she'll be your beautiful fool. A lot of people, a lot of dumb, like (laughs) news articles are like, this whole song is inspired by great Gatsby. Mm -hmm. But I think this is definitely a nod to great Gatsby, but I don't think you have to, I don't think Taylor has to, you know, you don't think Cardigan is suddenly about Peter Pan because she makes one reference to Wendy. I think this is just a really, really clever reference where in The Great Gatsby, Daisy's like, oh, the best thing a girl can be is just a beautiful fool because Daisy's been so hurt and because she doesn't want her daughter to be aware of the pain that men can cause and Mm -hmm. she thinks it's better to be clueless to be naive to never have to face the hard things because then you won't be hurt 
And so I think Taylor's importantly being like, well, I hope that you get this dumb girl because at least then she won't be pissed off by the dumb things you do. Mm -hmm. But then she's like, no, that's not right. Because I'd so rather be aware of like the bad because at least that means I'm also aware of the good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that because a lot of the things I've been reading because I was when I was researching this was Great Gatsby yeah. and I like I appreciate the the literary little literary reference but mm. there's so much more in here that doesn't really like fit into the yeah. Great Gatsby <laughs> at but, all yeah like, I mean okay. Daisy is not a good character like no no the idea that oh this is a song about Daisy like looking at a relationship with Jay like no Daisy is a <laughs> she's not an admirable figure Mm-mm. and um I don't think she would ever have the maturity to sing this song. That's what oh, the no. whole novel is about, is yeah. that she cannot face her mistakes, reality, like choices. She can't deal with it. So, mm-hmm. Yep. And she shows no. it at the very end, too. <laughs> okay. We'll go into the chorus. and we'll, I'm going to do the chorus and go straight into the post-chorus so it all makes okay. sense. All makes sense. There'll be happiness after me because there is happiness because of me. Both of these things, I believe. There is happiness in our history across our great divide. There is a glorious sunrise dappled with the flickers of light. From the dress I wore at midnight, leave it all behind, and there is happiness. <laughs> I just love it so much. I know. I love how I she think, goes. Oh, yeah, oh, go please. Ahead. No, go ahead. I'll leave you talk. <laughs> no, you're good I have at, too many notes. Better, I'm just like, guys. No, I, I mean, obviously, this is where she changes the chorus over to be, at first it was, there is happiness because of you. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll there'll be happiness after you, but here she's like, I already know that you know there will be happiness after me, but you have to like honor that there was happiness because of me, and I think her asserting herself in that way is really important because mm-hmm. not only is she singing this to her husband or ex or whatever and being like, you can't forget the years we had or write me off as some sort of crazy old girl. story yeah. yeah like closed chapter like yeah you have to honor what we had and I think that's so important for people to like remember because so often we want to sit in our hurt and our pain and be like oh what did I do wrong like blah 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 and sure there's space for that but you also have to recognize like I think what's beautiful about this song is just that the humanity at it that it's like there's not only good and bad there's not just black and white like mm-hmm. we're all of us just shades and I think it's important that she flipped it here to be like, no, I gave you something good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's really cool the way she's like, both of these things I believe and her voice kind of picks up in a really interesting way where it's, it does kind of feel like she's still insecure about that fact. And she's trying to convince herself that she was, that she was good, that she gave him something too, that there's something to hold on to. And so I think that's why I really like this post-chorus and what she does there because she says, you know, I believe there is happiness in our history. And she wants to, like, believe that. And her voice picks up and she reaches this new sort of falsetto. And it's like you can feel that hope building that that he valued something there, too. And I'll stop talking and let you say something. No, no. I absolutely love what you're saying. I The only thing I was thinking, I'm so far off base, is it could be easy. It could really be easy to take the all too well route. It could mm-hmm. be easy to, you know, to get over someone by being like, they're terrible for A, B, and C. I'm like this. 
I'm the one that made him happy. He's never going to find anybody who made, mm-hmm. it, made him as happy as I am. But throughout like this whole song, she sings about how there is happiness because of him and there's happiness because of her. And even through this great divide, they, like you said, they need to value each other and value that there are things that came that came out of this relationship that was great mm-hmm. even though it didn't last so it's very yeah. mature because i definitely am a more immature person and would want to just hate the person so much because that would give me more vindication to okay yeah. aka get over them but this is such a healthy way of really truly getting over a relationship is really looking at the good the bad and the ugly because if you're constantly looking at the bad then you're just dwelling on on shit and yeah. you're not really learning from any of it yeah you're like your katie on the bachelor <laughs> okay katie on the bachelor mm-hmm. hey there's but happiness. no no there's no after greg blake um, but, times. <laughs> yeah i really do want to dig into this post course because i yeah. think it's really really interesting what she does here and for me i feel like there's sort of a double meaning to this verse thing where um yeah, on one hand, she, you know, sunrises, they symbolize new beginnings. She's saying that once they get through this gulf of like unhappiness, this great divide between themselves, that they'll find happiness without each other. And that that'll be like a sunrise. It'll be a letting go of this dark night. She'll leave it all behind and that will be happiness. Um, but I also feel like there's something literal happening here where she has been in the, she has been reflecting on their history through this song. So we know that she's still like caught up in the good moments that she remembers that have soured because of this ending. And I think um, she's reflecting here where she's thinking about, oh, this great divide, this literal divorce, this, this separation, this gulf of separation. And she's remembering a specific moment, like a specific time where she wore a dress at midnight and it was supposed to be this beautiful thing. And they got to watch the sunrise together. And it, and it, and then now she has to let that memory go. Like the memory itself, she has to let go. She can't mm-hmm. hold on to that like good memory anymore because it's no longer like true. And yeah. I think, you know, dresses and songs about love and marriage are often about like wedding dresses. And so to me, I read this post course and it feels like a description of this the dappled with flickers of light from the dress I wore at midnight is like, you know, this idea of this beginning of their marriage, this pretty gown, this party that went till midnight and just this moment where they're together, like the beginning of their relationship, the sunrise that like started it. But now it's like all these things that she thought would last forever. And instead she has to like tell herself like, okay, leave it all behind. Like let's Mm -hmm. pack the dress. Let's move on. Like it's over. And in all that letting go, maybe there will be happiness there too. Mm -hmm. She kind of has to get over the good and the bad. Because sometimes some people, when they break up with someone, they can't really understand where it went wrong because they are just saying, oh, but this guy was great. He did A, B, and C. And so they continue to, at least with some, in in my past and maybe some of my friends, they've never really given up. Well, I've given up because I'm married. But they've never really given up on somebody, even though the signs are all there, even though the person's just like, broken up with him just using him for other stuff they're like but a b and c but a b and c and Mm -hmm. even though the the signs are there they're like but it was so great it was so great where'd it go all go wrong so she's really acknowledging the whole picture like when she's above the trees she can really see for see it for what it is and i like how Mm -hmm. she goes above and and in between of everything yeah it's sort of like that poem she wrote for vogue where she's like uh the trick to holding on was all that letting go like 
the trick to surviving is having to like let go of some things you thought you'd never be able to and that that mm-hmm. strengthens you in in a way and I think that's a lesson Taylor's learned through her music and can now apply in this in this really moving story about a relationship that is is no longer serving them yep yep okay let's go into the bridge and you can t- break it down for me because I know you love a good bridge <laughs> I can't make it go away by making you a villain. I guess it's the price I pay for seven years in heaven. And I pulled your body into mine every goddamn night. Now I get fake niceties. No one teaches you what to do when a good man hurts you. And you know you hurt him too. Uh, that line. Uh, I, know, I know. It destroys me. The whole bridge though. It's yeah. just like, ma. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think ugh, it's like. Even just this, you know, I can't make it go away by making you a villain. I guess it's the price I paid for seven years in heaven. I think that's a really clever way to say, I know you too well to pretend you're a bad guy. Like, it's Mm -hmm. like, I've had too many, I've had seven years at this point of knowing that you're a good person and knowing that you never intentionally hurt someone. And so I can't just pretend suddenly that you're a bad guy who's always been bad, who's been like evil and I just need to hate now. Like, I just think the fact that she contorts these really simple lessons into such beautiful and atmospheric lines is just something I never tire of. It's like, that that's the price you pay for seven years in heaven? Like, mm-hmm. are you kidding me? I love that line <laughs> so much. Because you don't usually think of it like yeah. you're paying a price to be happy, you know? But there is this, like, sudden burden where you have to... Con- you have to deal with something when a, when a good man hurts you. It's like, wait, this isn't what I was taught. I was always told mm-hmm. to like, watch out for the F boys, like watch out for the red flags, like make sure you find someone good. And I did. And I still got hurt. Like what the F universe. And I think that's just like, it's such a sad line, but it's such a beautiful line. And it's still honoring what they had while also recognizing that it's made it harder to move on because that they, mm-hmm. because they had something so good. Ugh. And then it breaks your heart that it's like, we had something so good, so why are we leaving it behind? Yeah. Oh, I wonder, like, the narrator, like, who she's singing about, even just, like, fictional, nonfiction, yeah. if they would, knowing what they know now, because here they they address that. This, this is seven years in heaven, you know? Like, we had our great, our great times. You're a good man. Like, she mentions that he's a good man. They both hurt each other. It makes me wonder, like, knowing what she knows now, would this narrator do it all over again? Mm-hmm. Like if, if it, it the same exact outcomes, you can't change anything. Yeah. Would you knowingly go back into this relationship? Because it like yeah. she says like seven years in heaven. Like, or is the heartbreak too hard because of how good they have had it that she just wishes that like I love um this spotless what was it called? Eternal Sunshine of Spotless Mind. Mm. I absolutely love that movie so much, which is funny because that's one of my favorite movies along with 500 Days of Summer, which they're kind of uh, that they're think there's pieces. a vibe there. Yeah, there's a vibe there. And, you know, there's a lot to say that, like, would this person want to erase all the good because or all everything because it was so good that they would do it over and over again with the same exact outcome? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, that's tough. I feel like everyone who goes through a divorce is like, oh, I want to change it. I mean, for the most part. <laughs> There's some yeah. exceptions, well, of course. Well, that, that depends because a lot of people who I know who said, you know, 
who have said that they've had kids come out of it. Yeah. So like, true. let's pull out any dogs, any kids, any living yeah. things that like came out of this relationship and be like, hey, yeah. the good, the bad, and the ugly, was it worth it? Would yeah. you go back and do it over again the exact same way? Like that, those seven years in heaven. Yeah. Were the, I, what, was that paradise worth it? Yeah. I really, yeah. I think that's a great question that she asks here and, and it really comes to a head because you have this like emotional build where it's like, ah, oh, every goddamn night, like we had it good and you ruined it. And now I'm stuck with this like forced, this like fake shallowness when we used to be so yeah. intimate. But then there's like this breath and she's like, man, like no one teaches you what to do when a good man hurts you. Like, ouch. Like, and it's especially potent looking at Taylor's own discography where it's riddled with the lamentations of like mm-hmm. bad boy, like you get a bad, you get a song, you know, like it's like people who have deserved the verbal beating got what they got from Taylor. And that's been her bread and butter forever. But now suddenly faced with even just this idea of like, oh, like, how do you, how do you do this when they're not a bad guy, when they don't mistreat you, when it just ends? Like, yeah, what do you do? And it feels almost like this confession where it's her voice warbles a little. She's not even singing towards the end. There's just like this talky whisper where she's like and you know you hurt him too and it's like I I love that line because she could have just simply ended it as no one teaches you what to do when a good man hurts you she could have ended it she could have just ended it that could have been that like it's a sucker punch but then you can see her growth throughout her writing and throughout her years because she takes responsibility and you know you hurt him too like that I think that that just really shows her growth Mm -hmm. in her writing and her experience and her perception of life I know. It's, it's so good. It's perfect. I love it. Okay. Let's get into verse three. Honey, when I'm above the trees, I see it for what it is. But now my eyes leak acid rain on the pillow where you used to lay your head. After giving you the best I had, tell me what to give you after that. All you want for me now is the green light of forgiveness. <laughs> you haven't met the new me yet. And I think she'll give you that. Oh, my gosh I just like don't know how people can listen to this song and think it's a skip like I really don't I think this is one of her most beautifully written songs Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it all comes to a head in this verse like I really think just everything you love about Taylor is on display in this track and um even just this image of like now my eyes leak acid rain on the pillow where you used to lay your head it's like have you ever just cried so much that it hurts to cry and your mm-hmm. face is like burning from crying and it's and like your throat is raw and you yeah. can cry more but somehow you yeah. cry more <laughs> <laughs> and it's like everyone's always like oh crying's so cathartic like you get a good sob and you feel better after it's like no. well what about when you don't and you don't know what to do and it's just like the intimacy there of like you used to like lay in this bed with me you used to like have this pillow like we used to share this intimate space and now all I have for company are these tears that I can't stop and that I have no have found no value in. Mm-hmm. It's just so sad. Well, I'm wondering like through this verse because, you know, it kind of se- sounds throughout this thing that he's the one who wants, of course, he's the one who wants a divorce. The music stopped. She was still dancing. And I, I wonder like, I don't know if there is an affair going on because I feel like an affair would have been just more – it would have been hard to be the bigger person and be like, hey, I gave you happiness. You gave me happiness. Yeah. And I just wonder like when she talks about and you want – all you want from me is a green light of forgiveness. I wonder if he's just like, I just – I can't do this anymore. I fell out of love. 
forgive me. Nothing yeah. you did. It's all on me. And it's hard to be in that position where the person is already over you. They've been over yeah. you before the marriage even ended. And you're processing these feelings and you 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 feel like you should be getting over them. But you're crying acid every night and it's just – you're like trying to look back at where it went wrong. And it's so hard because they're yeah. over it. They're being polite. They're like, mm, bye. I just yeah. – well, I mean, yeah. And, even says, and just I think this- – and then she said, "Sorry, I, and I think she'll give you that." Do you think he, she, he cheated on her in this in the song? Because it just doesn't sound like the narrator is. I would I would not be writing the song if Lance cheated on. Oh, me. I think she's saying you mm-hmm. haven't met the new me yet. Oh, the new me sorry. is going to give you forgiveness. Okay, like I yes, think she's I knew that saying, when I first read it, and then I yeah. read it right now. I'm like, she'll give you that. Who's she? Uh, sorry, you guys. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm on this whole train of like. Didn't okay. Ignore me. No, no. I I mean, yeah, who knows why they broke up? Who knows why he's asking forgiveness? It does mm-hmm. read to me more like something just ended. And that's sometimes the hardest thing to let go of because like you said, you don't have something to be mad about or to blame or to curse. But mm-hmm. I think that's what's so breaking about this line after giving you the best I had. Tell me what to give after that. And it's just like the heartbreak there, like the emptiness of wondering how do you move on when someone's already like taken your best years your your favorite memories who you thought you were and who you thought your your future would be Mm -hmm. and it's just like ouch like what do I give after that I don't know and I think it's like telling that this is a it referenced to me it really references 15 where the line is and Abigail gave everything she had to a boy who changed his mind which a lot of people tie that together because I think this too yeah but it does feel like that same sentiment where it's like, wait a second, we made a promise. Like we had an idea of what this time together meant. And now it turns out it didn't, it didn't mean that to you. And like, how am I supposed to give anything more when I already thought I gave you the world and even that wasn't enough? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, just cuts you right down, you what know? What do you want? Oh. And I think, you know, people also cite this green light as a reference to Gatsby, which like maybe, but but the light in the light in Green Gatsby in the Great Gatsby is always about this like yearning for a Daisy and this signal that's always just out of reach that you can't stop obsessing over. Mm-hmm. And maybe she did just read Great Gatsby and she wanted to throw in a few references to it. Um, I still don't believe this is about Daisy, but I do like this image, this idea that it's like this man, this ex, is waiting for like to feel better to for her to make him feel better. And it's mm-hmm. like, why is that my responsibility? But then she's like, you haven't met the new me yet. And I think maybe like she'll give you that. There's like that hope and that need that will get there. And I think yeah. that's really just a mature way to face this sort of heartbreak. Hmm. I can't imagine. Okay. Let's get to the chorus and the post-chorus. There'll be happiness after you, but there, are, there was happiness because of you too. Both of these things can be true. There is happiness in our history across our great divide. There's a glorious sunrise dappled in the flickers of light from the dress I wore at midnight. Leave it all behind. Oh, I leave it all behind. I leave it all behind. And there is happiness. Oh, I know. It's just like, it's just such a mature and like necessary truth. Like it, just this chorus is like there will be happiness after you but there is happiness mm-hmm. and both things can be true there is happiness 
And it's just like, it can be so hard to feel that sometimes. And I like that this song is just this woman trying to convince herself of this and trying to remember that. And just, it feels like a prayer and the music is like holding her and her voice is echoing through it. And it's just like this aching that I think is lacking the usual trauma and anxiety you see in some of Taylor's worried tracks like Cornelia Street or breakup tracks and instead it's just like Mm -hmm. this realization that things come and go and you can't always stop it but why pretend they weren't beautiful while they lasted Mm -hmm. I just love it did you expect a song like this on Evermore from Taylor Swift I mean, I guess I don't know how I'd expect a song. Would you expect a song like this from Taylor? Right. Yeah, no, I guess I, I mean, yeah, there have been hintings, especially in folklore, that there's Mm -hmm. like more awareness and maturity and like, and that's not to Mm -hmm. rob, like, you know, All Too Well has its growth and a lot of her songs have a lot of women growing, but I think this is just a really interesting story because it gives you this emotionality that's not about who's right who's wrong where to go from here like what's to take like what's the takeaway it's more that it's just like both things can be true and it's sort of that you don't need to live in this binary of of like right and wrong but that some things are just messy Mm -hmm. and you can just see the pieces for what they are yeah I don't know It's brutal, but it's also like comforting at the same time. Yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah, it's about a divorce, seemingly, and it, but it's also about like forgiveness and complexity and sort of mm-hmm. the ability to visualize like what can be versus what just was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like so. how she's focusing on what can be. It's yeah. very healthy. Like she's been to therapy a few times, (laughs) figuring everything out. I like that. Okay. So let's, since this is like probably maybe top two, maybe your favorite song. (laughs) What is the Taylor of it all for you? I think the Taylor of it all is I was dancing with the music stopped and in Mm -hmm. the disbelief, I can't face reinvention. I haven't met the new me yet. Mm -hmm. Um, One, because it's a great line Two because that's Taylor's sort of bread and butter at this point is that she's she doesn't want to change easily but she's constantly like making room for her the new her like it's Mm -hmm. just there's always been an emphasis on growth with her and stretching and trying new things and I feel like that line really speaks to kind of how even in her pain she might not want to grow but she knows that she will yeah, and I think that's one reason why this line right here is my tailor of it all because it kind of like goes hand in hand with what you just said. No one teaches you what to do when a good man hurts you and you know you hurt him too because it shows that growth in, the, in that line is she could have stopped, like I said, when a good man hurts you, but she's taking responsibility of it. She's not the victim. Yeah. It just is what it is. Yes. Yes. Easter egg for me. Okay, Easter egg. I think I've already talked about the very beginning. Um, Abigail is kind of mm. like a little Easter egg, little nod, because I think like you had read at the I, – I forget which one it is. After giving you all the best I had and with 15, mm-hmm. um, it really ties Abigail into it. And I think it's it, – if it, even if a little bit of it, just how like 
a little bit of the, you know, of it slightly resemble like reminds you of Great Gatsby. Just just mm-hmm. one line. I think it's it's really sweet. She kind of sings a song about young 15-year-old Abigail and then this more mature woman who, mm-hmm. you know, gave everything she had to ultimately a boy who did change his mind. I, think. I know. Um, it's so sad. It's like way more meaningful too yeah. than just like the concept of virginity. It's like, oh, she thought this was her forever. She gave her life to him. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love that. I really do. I do feel like I think that has to be intentional. Um, and that's why, I mean, it was my Easter egg too, because I feel like I don't necessarily think this song has to be like, okay, Abigail, we're sitting down and we're writing about your divorce specifically. Mm-hmm. But I think like Taylor talked about, it's like inspired by, it's it's colored by, like maybe she watched a marriage story too, or, oh, you God. know, <laughs> there's a lot there that could could bring about these feelings but i do like that line and i do like the references to great gatsby i just don't think Mm -hmm. the song is about great gatsby i just think it's a good no it's a good image to draw yeah i think so too okay do you think it's gonna make tour i think she i think it will how can she not i have to hear it live (laughs) it'll be a mashup right (laughs) i mean she'll give it like its own solo I don't know. I think it's really moving. I think it's very popular. Mm -hmm. I think there's room to do something really beautiful. Like, even if it is slightly mashed up, I feel like it will be the majority of the song still. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm I'm always wondering, like, when you think of tour, it's like, that's so far in the future and she might have another album come out. So now I'm like, (laughs) mashup? Yes. I don't, I don't. Everything's a mashup. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I don't know what's going to be on the next tour. It's so hard thinking about that because so much has come out since then. Okay. I can only imagine, but what grade are you giving it? I can <laughs> this only- is like an A plus. Yeah. With extra credit. Uh, I, I give it an A. I yeah. like it. It's great. I love it. But it's not like, I don't know what I'd give an A plus. Probably all too well. But I don't know if all too well is there because it's all too well. Like, how yeah, can you not give it an A plus? So, yeah. oh, I don't even know what, I don't even know what I would give an A plus. You'll have, to, re- you'll have to do does. your own Taylor Swift A-plus. rankings. and I know. We'll see it's like then. choosing between like Pabu and Timo. Yeah. It's like, how do I choose? I but on choose. certain days, you know, right? Mm, uh. Yesterday, <laughs> it was all Pabu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you that. <laughs> uh, well, we'll have to see if Taylor does anything else um, yeah. this coming week. It might be another quiet one, but we'll be back with another episode, another song from mm-hmm. one of the three slash four albums she's done in the past few years. Um, Losing track. Yeah. <laughs> but if you guys want to watch this on video, you can always join our Patreon. Yes. It's just podcast. No, it's not. I did it wrong <laughs> again. It's patreon.com backslash Swiftish podcast. Oh, yeah. You can find us on our Patreon. We have good times there. We have a Discord chat. Always good to connect and, and voice our frustrations over the lack of Taylor mm-hmm. Swift news. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also on social media. We're at SwiftishPod13 on Twitter, at SwiftishPodcast on Instagram. You can send us an email at SwiftishPodcast at gmail.com. But until next time, I'm Shelby. And I'm Ashley. And Taylor, there was happiness because of you. But For sure. Were- There will never, ever be happiness after you. I'll tell you that. (laughs) There you go.